The Talk of the Street is brought to you by Donahue Solicitors, an award-winning firm of expert compensation claims lawyers. Donahue Solicitors represents claimants throughout England and Wales in their civil actions against the police, data breach, personal injury, and professional negligence claims. To start your compensation claim, go to www.donahue-solicitors.co.uk or call 08000-124-246 today. Tracy's cat! Say that again. Well, I've got to get it chipped, Anna. It's been very difficult to get an appointment. Are you serious? Look, I, I, I've been neglecting Tracy recently. I've made her a promise. All right, so a little kitten's more important than your own son. No. Yeah, I thought you wanted to be his dad. I do. I thought you wanted to be part of his life. I am part of his life. Well, I'll tell you what. When you're finished at the vets, why don't you bob over and explain to him why he's less important than a chip cat? Welcome to episode 85 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Cornish Street Catch-Up podcast that thinks they're about as confused about Jade's heritage just about as much as the writers are, I'm Gavin. <laughs> I've done longer sentences than that and not been out of breath at the end of it. Something, anyway. ro- something wrong with you. Oh, not feeling all that great. I've been quite sick this week. It's either you're up and I'm down. I know. Or I'm up and you're down. I kind of feel a little bit better today though. Anyway, I'm Gavin. And I've got a cup of tea. Oh, you hadn't prepared, okay. <laughs> I never do. It's always off the cuff. Always off the cuff. Those two words are always off the cuff. That's right. That's that's right. That's, that's what great improv is. That's genius for you. <laughs> How are you this week? Good. I'm, I'm feeling much better and I've been, dip, you know, getting back in the swing of things as far as being active in the community and volunteerism and trying to set the wheels of change in motion, so. <laughs> Changing the world. One insignificant Midwest town at a time. Oi! <laughs> well. You never, you never know, you know. This, things, things that I have take part in, like with Girl Scouts and stuff, mm-hmm. could inspire the next generation to do even greater things. Even greater. Yes. I mean, look at Stelly. Someday... She's going to be like emperor of of the world. An emperor. She's <laughs> going to have world. an empire. Yes, the oh. whole world will be her empire. Is that a good thing? She's going to be an evil mastermind and take over the world. Should we have seen the signs and put a stop to this <laughs> earlier? <laughs> Probably. <coughs> Our SpongeBob Squarecast podcast got its first patron that we don't know this week. I know it's very That's exciting. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> yes. Which you know just brings back the conversation that. We really should be starting a Patreon for. I, I don't know if I can do more street. Coronation Street than we already do. I still think it would be it would be fun <laughs> to you know do a live broadcast of us watching classic episodes and and getting our reactions, especially my reactions to things. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And then doing a recap afterwards because there are so many there are so many bonkers things that happened in the past that I really would like to watch. No, it all made sense. All of it made perfect sense. <laughs> like the hairdryer thing. Yeah, I don't know if you can go back that far. I'm sure do, we, we can find the class- them on YouTube. We don't get the classic episodes, though, do we? I don't... It, it's possible. I think I think mm. it may be in a separate 
feed though just like you know with doctor who and brit box you have doctor who and then you have classic doctor who oh, maybe i'll have to check so maybe but i'm sure we can find them on um on youtube we found that awful racist sitcom on youtube so oh, till death do us part yes till death us do us part, do part. Yeah. <laughs> but that's something we discussed on our other podcast there we go we are now three minutes Common in language. and we've mentioned all three all podcasts, three podcasts. That's, Bo- right. that's a record boom boom Wonder Twin Powers, activate. <laughs> Power of? Elf. Water. <laughs> or um, stream, Sheep. ice, or something. Because wasn't one Wonder Twin could turn into any animal she wanted to, and, and the other Wonder Twin could only turn into different forms of water, or something stupid like I, that? I don't know what we're talking about anymore. You don't know who the Wonder Twins are? <laughs> All right, never mind. You had an interesting conversation with someone who also collects dead presidents today, though. Yes, that's it. Was part of the setting setting the world on fire and and um, stuff. Um, was For- in was in discussion with someone about possibly starting a a nonprofit to for the performing arts in our town and stuff. And after that conversation, you know, I I, I talked up our podcasts because I always do, you know, and and then mentioned our travels and stuff and just happened to say well we did this also because we have this thing where we collect dead presidents and she's like i collect dead presidents too there's more than us i know and she and theodore roosevelt is also in her top five so, yeah that was a good one 24 well dead i presidents. mean as far as presidents go 24 dead presidents we've been to the graves off yes for new listeners yes <laughs> 24 she's been to the ones in california which we haven't been to yet and I told her about the fact that we went to Texas before uh, Bush Senior died. So yeah, what a shit he was. We missed. We missed it. Hanging on for a week or two. I know. God damn it! Just it was. It was like a was month with, or two after. I thought. I thought it was within a month. Yeah. <laughs> after we left Texas, there he goes. No, 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 no. It was Barbara who died shortly after we got back. Was it? Yeah, and then and then Senior Bush died like a year after. No, it was closer than that. It was two years ago that we were in Texas. Correct. Did he die he one died year last ago? last year. I thought it was two years ago. It was last year. Oh. Anyway. Oh, well. If only who's, there was a way we could find out. Who's, who's been your uh, favorite dead president so far? Abraham Lincoln. That was a good one. Without That's pretty oofty. Mm-hmm. That's pretty oofty. He belongs to the ages. Correct. And every statue that they have of him inside the mausoleum he always has one foot in front of the other just like he does at the um lincoln memorial in dc mm-hmm. yes it was a lovely day as well and we had fantastic barbecue before we went so yes we did no what was that that one no that was uh that was confused. truman that was truman that we had fantastic barbecue after truman was a really good one he was good yeah i told her about the whole purple heart thing mm-hmm. and everything and, uh, Actually, one of my favourite ones was Hoover, because it was an unexpected dead president. We were supposed to be driving through Missouri, heading west, and we ended up driving through Iowa, and so we ended up going past Hoover when we didn't plan to. That was a nice one. Mm-hmm. Again, lovely day. Yes. We had H. W. Bush died November thirtieth, two thousand eighteen. So that would have been. Oh, that's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shall we preamble, my dear? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, please. Why don't we bury some of that Cory news? <laughs> Why don't we dig up Exhum. some of that <laughs> Cory news? Peter Ash, a.k.a. R. Paul, yay. Yay, has been nominated as Best Newcomer for the National Television Awards. Other Corey nominations for the NTAs are for Serial Drama for the whole show. Obviously. And Serial Drama Performance for Kate McGlynn's portrayal of Sinead in the whole cancer thing. Really happy with uh, Peter slash Paul's yes. nomination for Best Newcomer. And Mary. I have nothing against Alina. I like the Alina character, but she was yeah. in like half a dozen episodes. Right, yeah. Not sure it's worthy of Best Newcomer when you're in and you're out and then right. she's not coming back. Well, doesn't well, seem she like she's coming back. back. Is briefly. she coming back? I don't know if no, she's coming back. I don't think she's coming back. Anyway. Anyway. Well done, Peter. Yeah. And he likes us on Twitter, so. Right, yes. <laughs> he liked the fact that I asked whether or not Paul was going to be wearing sweatpants with his <laughs> Christmas jumper. And he said, no, he'll be wearing jeans. And I was so relieved. <laughs> Shane Ward, who played Aiden Connor, has said that men still come up and thank him for that storyline, which allowed them to open up about their own feeling, thoughts of suicide mm -hmm. and stuff. He says, like, guys will come up and just give him a hug in, in, in shopping centers and stuff, which I know how utterly restrained British men are. So that just... Yeah, I can't see me doing that. <laughs> well, not you. It took me to hug Stubbs. <laughs> My big bear. I wish you big bear. <laughs> Finally, um, Tisha Mary, who played Steph Britton, has hinted that she might return to the show. Steph returning? Yeah. It would... Says the actress. Yeah. Not the writers or the producer. Stop. Okay. It would certainly give her more time with real life partner. Alan how how uh Alan <laughs> What's wrong with my tongue? <laughs> Sorry, Alan. Who plays Tyrone on the show? Oh so what was she before? She was Steph. But she's 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 in real life dating the guy who plays oh, I Tyrone. Wasn't that I thought we talked about that before. I don't think so. I, I, I seem to remember bringing up some of their vacation photos. During Corey News at one point. <laughs> a slow week. <laughs> Aren't they all slow weeks? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to bring up the whole water bottle thing, which, by the way, I was right. He does that to deter the paparazzi. Oh, does he? Yeah. That's exactly why why celebrities do that kind of thing. And yet... To keep people from taking photos. And, and yet it to, didn't work because the two examples that we saw of it were taken by paparazzi. Right, yeah. But they still got wet in Samuel the process. Samuel Robertson does this great thing where... He sprays he the paparazzi with uh, water. Yeah, it's like a Triple H kind of thing from the from the wrestling. Squeezes his bottle. Yes! And, yes! And all the water just... Yes, Triple H is a yes guy, right? Or no. Is that, no, that's that's Double H. Or that's, something that's H. Double H. Who's the guy who, who did the whole pointing up to the sky and shouting, yes, it's something H. That's a Brian, Brian thing, isn't it? Triple H was not. Triple H was when he, he ate a digestive biscuit and he would spray all the crumbs from the edge of the ring and then he'd get in and he was the one that was... Uh, Classy. He didn't really do that with digestive biscuits, he did it with water, which is why I mentioned it. <laughs> You're thinking of somebody, Bryant, who had to retire 
I hated him. He was awful. He's more contemporary. Triple H is old school. Oh, okay, yeah. Kind of rock era. Yeah. Stone Cold well, Steve Well, the, the, the Yes guy was back when, when Nick was really into the WWE. Yeah, I wasn't good at that point. Which was, to be fair, like over five years ago. Yeah, four or so. five years ago. Yeah. <sighs> WWE. Have you watched that... Um. <laughs> Have you have you watched that documentary that I was watching? later on Corey News? <laughs> that's like Triple H's <laughs> defense of the world wrestling no, championship. No, no, that uh, uh, the Toys That Made Us uh, documentary series on Netflix because they talk about the WWE toys on there, and it's and it and the fact that there were like rival organizations, worldwide wrestling organizations, and so there were rival toy makers making different toys and. Some were high quality and some were low quality and stuff. Did you ever have one of those stuffed ones? What were they called? I'm not sure which question I'm being <laughs> asked on it anymore. When we were when we were kids, there were like big like plush wrestlers that the boys had in lieu of dolls or, or stuffed animals, you know, that they would sleep with and, and hold and snuggle, but they would also beat the crap out of one another with. No. Did you have any wrestling toys when you were a kid? No. Shall we move on? There are times when I feel like Simon Mayo sent across from Mark Kermode. This is not one of those times. We're more like Josh and Chuck from Stuff You Should Know. Hindsight Corner. <laughs> which one of us is Josh and which one of us is Chuck? It's we're not. Both it's, up. I'm not. You are. <laughs> I really not. You really are. Hindsight corner. A bloop, 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 bloop. A helter skelter is, as I suggested, a slide that works its way around and down an inverted cone. Okay. So now you know. <coughs> and that was definitely not a helter skelter that they were on. No, it was, it was scaffolding, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was scaffolding. Hmm. I'm not prepared for the next bit. What do you mean the next bit? Was that the only thing in Hindsight Corner? Mm-hmm. No, there was something else. You still haven't researched how many people have lived with Rita, have you? I started or reading why, up. Or why Roy let Haley down. I started reading the uh, the Rita bit, but the Wikipedia page was just far too long and I couldn't be bothered. And you fell asleep. And I just still haven't looked up the, the Roy thing. Aha. Uh-huh. I still can't get this to work properly. I got I bought a new bit of kit. I know. That apparently would let my phone get plugged into the mixing desk and it it refuses to work. See, you lose the nuance of how good this tune is because the bass line's in here now. And it also and because of the really fact that you're, you're talking over it. Now, here come the piano, the strings and the drums. Oh, last, last welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> last year tonight. <laughs> Just, just, a, just, just, just a moment. Just time for. Sorry. <laughs> just enough time this week to talk about footprints on Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> that was the story. That was the title last year. Can you remember why? Because there were footprints on your anus. Well, Brian, for some reason, mentioned this in a speech to Kathy, but later admitted that he was confused between Uranus and the Moon. So. Which was a dumb Yikes, joke. Dumb joke. 
This was the first episode where I put the wee snippet of the show that featured in the episode title at the head of it. I was Gavin and you were ready for bed. <laughs> I'm always ready for bed. <laughs> right. Wink, wink. Gina managed to extract an international telephone number from a payphone. Oh, yeah, that's right. That made me so bad. Of me madder. Audrey and Claudia argue over the crematorium conveyor belt at Nigel Haver's funeral. Oh, that was so funny. Mm-hmm. Nick is revealed to be the thief who stole his grand's money. The Chesney Gemma Emma thing is still a thing somehow. Angie left in such a low-key exit that no one noticed, apart from dogs. Duncan gets run over by a car after a low-speed chase with Tim. Moment of the week was Mary doing a Marty Feldman impression. And boring moment of the week was Daniel going to shave his head and then not shaving his head. <laughs> I remember that. That was great. <laughs> and that was Coronation Street under the talk of the street. It was so boring. This time last year. Daniel's hair. And now he has a beard. Well... <laughs> Shall we dive in, my dear? Yes, please. Yeah, we're, we're ahead of a, an ice storm. A monster storm. A monster storm. storm. Ice Mageddon. Yes. It's supposed to be ice and rain and sleet and wind and snow and flooding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll be dead by morning. <laughs> so we wanted to. Sorry. Power through this as quickly as we can. Get the podcast done. <laughs> That's all that matters. Right. So... So let's do it. Let's do that. Our first storyline tonight is Jade's Agenda. One Monday at Tyrone and Fizzy's, Evelyn is sick of Jade and wants her out. She so confronts it head on when Jade comes downstairs and Jade says that she has plans to speak to on the stage today. Fizz seems placated by this and then we see that Jade has an appointment on the phone with the wonderful, glorious Dr Gaddas. So yeah. Jade is going to see Dr. Gaddas and turns on the waterworks. Yeah, I thought Dr. Gaddas was smarter than this. Yeah, she was a bit of a dick, wasn't she? Why is it that we have two <clears> characters <throat> on the show whose last names end in ass? Dr. Gaddas? Oh, and Gary Windass. That's yes. right. There we go. Anyway, <clears throat> she tells Gaddas that she thinks Hope is being abused. She thinks this has been going on for months and she has photos and shows them to the doctor. Gaddas tells her that she's done the right thing and she will take this forward. Yeah, without asking, hey, well, you live in that house, so why do you just think this might have happened? Right. Yeah, this is this is so bonkers. <laughs> Fizz is home, quite pleased with how things are going with Hope. Everyone is so chuffed. Evelyn coughs up for the chippy lunch. Fuck me, says Tyrone, really? And Evelyn indeed buys the chippy lunch. Yeah, but nobody fucks Tyrone. No. They're enjoying their chippy tea when there's a knock at the door and children's services want to talk about Hope. They're concerned about Hope's injuries and need to check that she's safe. Evelyn is furious about this. They need to speak with Hope pronto. In the meantime, they talk about Hope's broken arm and bruises and then go off to speak with her uh, at the school. And after they're gone, Fizz breaks down. Ty thinks this has all been a mistake, but meanwhile, outside, Jade gets a call from an estate agent with an available rental. Hmm. So that's exciting for Jade, isn't it? Yeah. New house. How did how did she get the money for that when she was homeless on the street just two weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks ago, yep. Children's Services woman is chatting with Hope, who has drawn a lovely picture of the family. Yes. They chat about her accidents, and Hope looks sad and then turns away. But what was lovely about the photograph was that she drew a picture of Cerberus. Yes. And described him as, as a three-headed... A three-headed. Demon dog. And I thought that, uh, and when she said that, I was like, oh, okay, see, they're going to say, yeah, this little girl has a very active imagination. Mm -hmm. It's fine. They didn't do that. But then, but then, yeah, and we don't get to see what Hope says, which is weird 
because in her stories, it either got accidentally slammed in a door or Ruby pushed her over on a bench. Well, it's a lot for the wee lassie to remember in right. terms of lines and stuff. However, what happens? Well, l- let me go back to my iPad because I think the answer might be there. Yes. Back home, Evelyn is shouting at the hospital on the phone. That was fantastic. Evelyn, Evelyn was so great this week. And when, Evelyn and Roy. Like when Roy <laughs> later on is gonna is gonna pat Evelyn's hand. I was like, Yes, it's happening. It's finally <laughs> happening. Eva Roy is happening. <laughs> is it happening? Yes. Eventually. Eva Roy. Not this week. Eva Roy. But she's just so fantastic when uh, the stakes are right. When the chips are down, mm-hmm. you want her in your ball court. She's and people the best are against brand. her family, regardless of who that is. Even Fizz, who she doesn't particularly like, I don't think. But no, I think she I don't. Think and she, she doesn't particularly like Hope all that much. No, she was. This is her rubies. family, and she exactly is fighting. She's for staunch them. family. It's great. Children's services come back to say that Hope has confirmed that allegations are true. What and allegations? Andrew Ruby need to be taken away. What uh, allegations? Uh, that she's been abused. Right. But the story that Jade fed her was either you got your door head hand slammed in a door or Ruby pushed you off the bench, which is the truth. So what allegations? Mm. Nobody fed Hope any allegations. And so where is this coming from? This is why I'm mad that we didn't get to hear this, because it doesn't make any sense. The only things mean that mommy did was take stuff away from her and they wouldn't take her and Ruby away for that. So is, is, and we never saw Jade say, if anybody ever asks, tell them that these bruises came from mommy. So where is this coming from? This doesn't make any sense. And it makes me mad because they could have very easily made it to make sense. Feeling a bit more like Simon Mayo. So Fizz breaks down and Evelyn threatens legal action. She storms into the medical centre demanding to see Hope's medical records. This is brilliant. Moira is Moira and puts oh, her I off. Oh, I love this. I but, love but, this. But does it in a way that's infuriating when she's trying to be funny and Evelyn doesn't think it's funny. No. Evelyn and wants Evelyn, the records and which doctor she's seen by and when. And she shouts, Dr. Gadars! 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 <laughs> But she also takes Moira down a peg by saying, oh, look at you, Moira. You think you're so funny, but you're not. And nobody likes you. <laughs> Only better than that. Yes. Roy insists that no one will tell her anything and manages to find out from a very upset Evelyn what has happened. Back at Roy's, he offers to take care of the girls and then Evelyn flips. That's not the point. But then she quickly apologises. She says that she has a habit of taking her anger out on people. Really? Can't say I've noticed, says Roy. <laughs> Was that That's a joke? supposed to be funny. Asks Evelyn. <laughs> yes, says Roy. Levity can ameliorate... Ameliorate? Ameliorate. Levity can ameliorate the darkest situations. It's the way you tell well him, done. says Evelyn. What a mess. Well done. Ty doesn't know why Hope is lying about something so serious and Fizz just needs to work out where the girls can stay. She doesn't want them in care. Then in comes Kev. He's heard what's going on from Roy and he'll take the kids. They'll just be two doors away. They'll make out like it's a holiday. Right. Thank God for Kev. Ooh. Just so long as nothing goes wrong from this. Mm. Fizz has packed up the girls' bags and breaks down in Ty's arms when Jade comes back and finds out what's going on. And Jade almost looks upset at what has developed, I thought. She had a kind of a look of regret in her eyes. She's not regretting anything. Well, 
she does not, not she does not regret this this is exactly what she wants and her further actions prove this is yes. what she wants because on wednesday she's got to pretend in front of but Fitz. nobody was looking at her we don't know that all we could see was her face so we have no idea Fizz and Ty are sitting in silence when Kev and Evelyn come in. The girls are okay. Ruby was a bit upset, but Hope was just quiet. Fizz thinks he should get some legal advice, and Jade comes in and pretends to be concerned, and by this point we realise that she really isn't. Yeah. Fizz reminisces about her own experiences in care. Her head is all over the place. Jade announces that she's moving out today, and off she goes to get packing. Then Fizz gets a text that seems to trouble her. And Fizz goes round to Imran's office. Ty's already there, presumably the one who's texted her. Correct. Imran can't give them a timeline. The only thing he can recommend is cooperating fully with the social services and mm-hmm. to stay calm. Yes. The kids will be home soon. So that Just was worthwhile. Do exactly what they tell you to do. Right. Do exactly what they tell you to do, which is sound legal advice. Right. And that's exactly it's not what... very exciting, but it's it's the most realistic bit of this storyline. And that's exactly what time and fizz do. Um No. No. So Jade is in the gunnel. She distracts Jack and tells the kids to run round to see their folks quickly. Just don't tell them that she let them do that. Then she immediately gets on the phone and she's looking evil again. Right, yeah, because she's calling social services mm-hmm. to let let them know that they're back in the house. No kidding. Oh, and social services is going to be like, well, why didn't you stop them? No, no, they're not, though. Why? <laughs> this is... A... Anybody could see through this. Right, the two girls arrive at the back door and they hug Fizz and Tyrone. They want to come home and Fizz wants them to stay for five minutes. Jack and Kev arrive. And everybody says, no, Fizz, you know better. Mm-hmm. Only they don't. Kev apologises for taking his eyes off them. They all go inside and this is seen by Jade who's hanging about at the back. The family are all cuddled on the, on the couch and Kev and Ty are getting twitchy when there's a knock at the door. It's social services. Of Who'd course thunk it, it is. And Evelyn just goes to the door and opens it up. Without, yeah. you know... Nobody answer that door. Without Just checking to see who it is. Get the girls back to Kev's pronto. Ty seems to realise the bother that they're in now. Fizz is less uh, aware. And the social are going to have to put the girls in care now because Kev can't be trusted. Ugh. Later, Fizz answers the phone. Again, it's the social. They found a home where the kids can be together, but they need to see Fizz and Tyrone immediately. First. So at the social, the worker explains that another family member has offered to take care of the girls, a half-sister on the father's side. And waiting in the office is Jade, dressed up all fancy-like. With Hiya! Makeup. With what? With makeup on. Yeah, she's mm. kind of scrubbed herself up for some reason. Right, because she she needs to look... Fizz thinks this is a sick joke. Jade insists that she told them that she was John Stapes' daughter and Fizz and Ches... No, Fizz and Chess. I've got Ch- I really do have Chess around in here. Fizz and Tyrone told her to keep quiet about it. Fizz goes fucking mental, and then it all falls into place. All those trips to the hospital, it was Jade what done it. Ty restrains Fizz, and the social throw the two of them out. This is what she's like, says Jade. Violent as fuck. Then Fizz continues to be furious, calling Jade a liar, that she's not Stapes' daughter. Maybe he didn't know he had another daughter, but this has all been part of her plan to take hope away from them. Back at the social, thankfully, the social worker points out that the girls can't stay with Jade. She was in the house when the alleged abuse happened, and this pisses all over Jade's plan. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, the, it's like finally. Plus, Jade's like, oh, they knew. They knew the whole time. And they, you know, they took me in and they were so nice. But she's so evil. It's like, how can anybody not see through that? Where she's saying in the same breath, 
these people were really nice and took me in and knew exactly who I was, but they're also really evil and devious and mistreated this mm-hmm. child. So Jade explains that her mum hadn't told her about her dad until she was in her teens and she was horrified when she learnt what he'd done. It really was an amazing coincidence that she met with Fizz in Birmingham. So we're sticking with that then? We're sticking with that. It was a coincidence? Really? That's what we're doing? Honestly, how could it be otherwise unless she was spying and saw them drive off and then ran up and and got a job at the same place (laughs) at the same time? None of this makes any sense. It's it's so... So the, the answer then is introduce Jade better and right. in, a, in a different capacity. And this, is, and this is why there's the whole laziness of, well, maybe John Steep didn't know he had another daughter. Well, then that would explain it, wouldn't it? That would explain why the whole time he was in the show, not once did he mention that he had an older daughter or that he had another relationship with another woman... And had a daughter with that other woman who apparently, you know, who apparently kept the truth of who her daughter's father was from her all the way up until she was a teenager. So obviously knew there was something wrong with this man. But then when she told her, told her it was all Fizz's fault that he went crazy mm-hmm. and that Fizz apparently stole him away from her. This something? is all very reminiscent of the Kayla storyline. The victim is to blame. The victim is uh, the liar. It's not It's not the father. Right. Yeah. I like this storyline. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've been enjoying it. Have but, you? Mm-hmm. Because I, I think... Because you're wrong. I think Jade's a great character. I think she's portrayed well and I'm enjoying it but this I was so wanting them to have a better explanation as to why they all came together but apparently coincidence is what we're going with and coincidence you know coincidence in fiction it doesn't really work that well coincidence things need to have a reason to happen there needs to be a this happened and therefore something else happened right that's how fiction and drama works absolutely and things are catalysts for other things you can't just have Oh, and then a fucking elephant appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> so, well, who the fuck saw that happening? That's why that doesn't work. And this is why, after that episode aired, I came down from from my perch where I was watching it, to, <laughs> down here to the office, and said to you, wouldn't it be funny if she's not really John Stapes' daughter, mm-hmm. that her mother just happened to see John Stapes' name in the newspaper at mm-hmm. that time? And she was nagging her mother about who my fa- who was my father. <laughs> oh, it was this guy, but he really wasn't that. And then when her daughter is all horrified, well, he wasn't really that bad, and just made the whole thing up. That would that would be better. Yeah, it's not good, but it would it's be better. It's not good, and it's it, it or or Jade made this whole thing up mm-hmm. in her head. You know that she was working there, and she became obsessed with hope. And she became obsessed with Fizz. This would tie into Evelyn's um, Munchausen syndrome right. idea. That she's manifested this whole idea in her head that she's, you know, that she looked up the name of the father, you know, the biological father in, mm-hmm. in Hope's records or something. Is there a chance that that could still be the case, you think? It would be the best I would hope so because I'm hating. It would be the best outcome. <laughs> hating this coincidence. But stuff. I don't. But I don't think it is. But you know what? 
Hmm. A DNA test would be fun. We haven't had a good old DNA test on the show for a oh, while. God, in fact, the last one didn't even happen. The last right. one was Adam writing was DNA tests on a big envelope. <laughs> <It was> <laughs> this is an official DNA anyway, test. <laughs> you see? <laughs> so, so Fizz is sticking to the story that she told Fizz who she was from the start. Yeah, she, she called Fizz dangerous. Jade, Jade is sticking to the story. Right. She, she called Fizz dangerous and manipulative and a very good liar. The social one example. So Jade tells the school about the shooting at Christmas and how Fizz brought the gun onto the street and made Hope lie about it. At home, Roy, Evelyn, Fizz and Tyrone are putting two, two and two together when the social phones because we can't have a scene without the social anymore. Nope. Jade is not a suitable person to look after the girls and then there's a knock at the door. It's the police. It's oh. DS Not Beckett who wants to take Fizz to the station yeah. to talk about DS the firearm. DS Dowd. There's a firearm used in the recent shooting. I'm going to go with DS Not Beckett. And I'm going to go with <laughs> DS Not Irish Chris Dowd. <laughs> Listeners, this is going to get confusing. <laughs> But not this week, I don't think. Maybe in future weeks. Uh-oh. Fizz and Ty go off, leaving Evelyn to do her detective work. She finds a printout of Jade's letting agent uh, author or whatever. Right. And phones him up, pretending to be Jade's demented granny. <laughs> Which was hilarious. Back home. Fizz seems to have denied all knowledge of the gun. Evelyn hands over Jade's address. Fizz immediately wants to go kick fuck out of uh, Jade, but Tyrone talks sense into her. Let's do what Imran suggested, he says. Yeah, let's do Yeah, maybe you should have done that before. Let's do the legal thing. And then we'd have this problem. Jade won't get away with this, he says. Yes, because Jade is also being investigated. Not only is she not a suitable person because she was living in the house at the time, they're also investigating her. Because of... Because um, it, it seems like perhaps the social worker is now oh, right. figuring out that things are not as Jade makes it out to be either because Fizz would not have had the reaction she did so the, otherwise. So here's coming something that's just about as annoying as the coincidence thing. Hmm. Fizz really wants to go and kick the shit out of Jade. Right. So what does, what does uh, Ty do? He goes off and runs Fizz a bath. What does Evelyn do? She pretends to go and get her book from upstairs. Yeah, it's like when they left Hope alone to clean, <laughs> right. to do chores. Which, by the way, remember we were like, oh, that's something bad is going to happen. And nothing bad happened. Except she called Jade on the phone. That right. was it. Right. She didn't destroy stuff, which I was exactly what I expected her to do. So this allows Fizz to go and track Jade down. And track her down, she does. She finds Jade in her new flat and she calls Jade a flying fruit loop. But Jade tells Fizz that she has emails inviting her to meet her sister. Fizz wants to know why she's doing this. Jade knows what Fizz did to her dad. She pushed John over the edge. She was fine until he met Fizz. How she knows this, who knows. And she'll do the same thing to Hope. Fizz thinks Jade reminds her of John, who had the same thin grasp on reality. Now, these emails, I have questions. Do you have lots of questions? Because that storm's coming in. Does she have emails, like, on a screen that she can show where the email address is Fizz's actual email address, or does she just have printouts of emails? And has she not thought that perhaps Fizz will say, well, obviously I didn't send them because here is my email and you can check the sents and you can check the deleted and it's not there. This, this How did this, how does she think that this is going to work? Do you think DS Not Beckett has the time to look into all this? Well, it's not DS Not Beckett who's going to be looking into this particular bit. This is a social worker's oh, job. Okay. Well, maybe he doesn't. In burst Tyrone, who pulls Fizz off, but not like that. Jade claims to be sorry that Ty is involved, but it has nothing to do with him, and Fizz says uh, and says that Fizz will destroy him. 
Fizz is evil. She makes good people do bad things. Fizz promised that Jade will get her comeuppance about this, and then Jade taunts Fizz, telling her that Hope doesn't love her mummy. She loves Jade. She loves me, she cries as they go out. You hear that? She loves me! <laughs> and she does look crazy. Oh, she's, And she's yeah. like, oh, I'm sorry, Ty, that you got involved in all this, but Ruby got taken away too. Poor Ruby. And Ty is Poor Ruby. now Hope's father as well. This is... Her brain is such a scrambled egg. Mm-hmm. It's... I, on Friday, Ugh. Fizz sees Chesney on the street. She can't believe that she didn't see this thing coming with I Jade. will give the storyline this. I will give it this. At least she's going after Hope and not Tyrone. Because remember, that was our concern at the beginning, that it was going to be like a oh, single white a single female. female yep. Yeah, or conversely, going after Fizz and wanting Fizz romantically to get her out away right. from Tyrone. The child angle is a bit more interesting. I will give the show that. At home, Tyrone is worried about the gun thing. The cops have taken in Gary for questioning. If the cops don't Uh believe Fizz, that's the last time they'll see the girls. Gary shows up and Fizz confirms that uh, she's stuck to the story. Ty wants them to come clean, but both Gary and Fizz are in agreement. Fuck that for a game of soldiers, they say. And while they're on their own, Ty encourages Fizz to tell the truth to the police because this is going to get tracked back to them somehow. Now... And that's how we finish that story. When they, yeah, when they tell Gary that they've taken the kids away and that it's Jade mm-hmm. who's involved in all of this and it's Jade. Did they tell him it's Jade? Yes. I remember them telling them it's yeah, that, that, that the kids are Jade, in care now. Right. And that Jade and is the one. Oh. No, he seemed concerned. Did he? Yes. And he also was concerned because she said it's Jade who told them about the gun. Oh, yes. She did say that. Yes. So. Uh-oh. Is it too much to hope that for that Gary kills Jade? And buries her next to Rick the Chin? <laughs> or on top of Rick the Chin. Ooh. Just, <laughs> no one deserves that. <laughs> just stacking the bodies up. Same place. <laughs> it reminds me of um, that that Paul Rudd show on, on Netflix that you didn't watch where he gets cloned and like the place where the bodies get buried in the woods there are obviously burial plots Hilarious. all over I just imagined that that's what the Rick the Chit area is going to look like after Gary buries everybody it kind of feels like we've talked about this enough as we've been going through it and at length but is there anything you want to add to where you think this is going I like the idea of Gary getting involved somehow. Yeah, me too. Well, whether that's going to happen or not, I don't know. But because they tell him about Jade for a reason, and that yes. would normally that would normally mean that something's going to happen because of that, because things happen, and therefore other things happen. But Absolutely. When we're in a storyline for coincidence, seems to be so important. I can't be too sure of that. Yeah, but this is Gary, and Gary needs to, you know, Gary needs to protect his family. You know, and Maria and the baby. This is true. This involves him this, very yes, much. Yes, this yep. involves him very much. And if he needs to silence Jade, he, he will do it. We've we've seen him do that. And he's got this whole Robert and Shona thing because he shows guilt. He feel you, you can see in his face that he feels guilty, at least about the Shona bit. Last thing about this. Are we going to get a better explanation than coincidence? 
I've 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 presented a couple of interesting ideas. The writers of the show are free to take them, although it's the, too the late now. The volume, obviously. So, what do you think? Yes or no? No. <laughs> okay. Our next story like tonight is Shona in a coma. They should hire us to write the show. <laughs> I know we've said this before. But. What I would love to do, <laughs> and I think this is something that we, we should maybe do sometime during the summer, is at the end of one week, when we have the storylines that we've had the previous week, we should try and write what we think's going to happen Monday's episode <laughs> we should try and write Monday's episode and post it and see how close we are to it see that could, that could be yet again something that we offer to Patreon subscribers you do you do you want it you want it <laughs> on Monday everyone is at the hospital to support David and Shona come on David and Shona you can do it but Gail Nick and Sarah are outside Gail wonders what happened with the court case because the court case is still a thing remember that hmm? yes Nick and Gail are in the room now, and Gail wants to know what the plan is. David explains quite bluntly that they take the tube out. If she breathes, great. If not, then either she dies or they put it back in. And if they put it back in, then a court order would be enough to switch everything off. Yes. Who said that? Asks Gail. The internet, says David. (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) In the waiting room. Did they say that? Well, no. I looked it up on the internet, Mum. In the waiting room, Nick... Uh, tells David that he needed some space. He asks David why he's pushing people away and David is worried that people have given up on Shona. Nick tells him that's not the case and shouldn't he shouldn't be keeping friends away unless he's worried about one day when they're going to have to say goodbye. <coughs> David tells him to bolt and leaves. <gasps> Back in with Shona, a doctor was going out when David comes in and David is pissed that Gail can't give him chapter and verse on what happened and what was said. So David takes a somewhat drastic step of throwing everyone out of the room and barricading himself in, pushing the life support, I think, or no, it's, a trolley. it's like cart with, like... But it's funny, Gail didn't ask about what she was writing because she was admiring her shoes. <laughs> she says to the woman, oh, those are some nice shoes. Gail wants to know what to do. Nick thinks giving David some space is what's required. <laughs> in the room, David assures the comatose Shona that no one has given up, and he begs her to wake up and then unbarricades the door. He sheepishly asks Nick to ignore him, and then to uh, ask all the other friends to come and visit after all. So that got really... Yeah, that was nice. That got fixed fairly quickly. So the whole street seems to have turned up to see Shona. They briefly mention Clayton, who has been told to stay away, so that takes care of that. Yeah. Lily and Max are in with David now, looking sad. Whatever happens, says David, they need to stay strong. And the kids go off with Sarah, leaving David on his own. Nurses turn the ventilator off and remove the breathing tube. A machine makes a bad noise. It looks like she's not coping on her own. The nurse wants to give it a minute and closes the blinds. Then David comes out and confirms... She's breathing. Yay! It worked. She's breathing on her own. He breaks down and is comforted by... Everybody. Everybody. Group hug! So then the nurse... This is where I wanted to punch Gail... The nurse announces that this means that there's brain activity. That's a good thing, says Gail. You think? Well, no. She's reinforcing the idea that it's a good thing to David in that scenario. No, because she asks, that's a good thing? No, she says, that's she asks, a good thing. No, she doesn't. She asks. Shona is very lucky, but the nurse still urges caution. It's still likely that she won't fully recover and it's going to be a long road. On Wednesday, David turns up at Roy's Rolls looking to record some audio from the cafe. He thinks it might help Shona. Roy is concerned about privacy issues, but arranges to put up a sign warning people that their conversations may be recorded and played back to a comatose Shona. Right. But it's it, it's nice. It's a nice touch, you know, the whole, um, you know, recording sounds of the cafe. 
for for Shona. Remember, I once wrote a short story about somebody doing something similar for a comatose loved one. Did you? Yeah. The, was it any good? My Sleeping Beauty story, remember that? Oh, yeah. That was, well, was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Hello, hospital. David plays the sounds of Roy's roles. Nick thinks this is a waste of time. Well, Nick and can go fuck himself. He's probably right. He's not right. Imran and his fancy coat then turn up to tell David at the hospital that Josh has been found guilty and sentenced to 15 years. Then Imran fucks off. A little later... Thanks, Imran. David and Nick are chatting at Shona's bedside when her eye twitches a lo- just a little bit and David begs her to wake up. And that's as far as we get with that this week. No. There's a little bit on Friday. I can't be bored mentioning it because it's nothing. In fact, it's, it's, in fact, what I do do is do I mention, mention it, it in the, the Aggie story. story. Okay. Yes. Because it is important. Shona's going to wake up, do you think? How long is maternity leave in the UK? <laughs> She's got plenty of time left. Yeah. Plenty so of time. Once maternity leave is over, she'll wake up. I don't know if they can drag it out that long. Well, what will happen? They won't drag it out that long. What will happen is we'll move on to other storylines and occasionally people will see David in the oh, shop she's still not or in the pub and she'll, and she'll say, yeah, she's all right, she's, but she's still in the coma and we'll give her our best. Thanks, I will. And that'll be it. People have to tut when this happens. Is that how people tut? How do you tut? I, I don't. <laughs> I've always wondered about that. I thought people actually said tut. No, they go, tut, tut, tut. Oh, how's that show? Oh, she's still in that coma. Tut. No, they go, tut. (laughs) Well, that was... How do you even do that with your teeth? It's not your teeth, it's your tongue. Tongue of the roof of your mouth. Like a tisk? No, it's a tisk. Tisk, 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 Anyway, storms are coming. (laughs) And this is scintillating (laughs) observation and... (laughs) This so, is what people what was talk it? for. So what did the talk of the street say about the Sean and David storyline <laughs> this week? They didn't say very much, but they tutted an awful lot. <laughs> and tisked. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> Our next storyline tonight is about the four quads. On, that's redundant, isn't it? The four quads. Four quads. It's not going to yeah. be seven quads, is it? No. Anyway, on Monday, Rita's round because Rita is now allowed to come round because yeah, she because got through the Christmas with the, thing. Yeah, we're done with the lonely Rita storyline. Right, so now, anymore. So now she's able to come into the house. Mm-hmm. So she's visiting Gemma in the quads. It looks like Chesney and Gemma are still struggling with the four wee mouths to feed. She hasn't slept since she doesn't know when. The Fresh Coats woman, is it Tara? I think it's, yeah, Tara. it's Tara. She comes round. The first campaign went well, but head office wants a different vibe. Chesney doesn't give a shit and gives Tara a baby to feed. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was funny. (laughs) Nobody left to feed this one. You're going to have to do it. Right. It turns out fresh codes want to go all posh for the next campaign. More aspirational. And they suggest that they go to a country cottage for the next photo shoot. Which makes no sense. no sense. Chess seems game for this, but Gemma tells them that they can stick their aspirations up their arse. Right. Right. Up Up their their arse. Later, Gemma is lamenting throwing Tara out. They need the cash, and she asks Ches to give them a call. It also turns out that Ches is back to work tomorrow, and he tells Gemma to go and get some rest, but then the babies all start kicking off. Then Tara comes back, and Gemma wants final sign-off, which Tara doesn't think that will work, but she'll ask. Fair enough, it's a deal. Then on Wednesday, Ches and Gemma are getting tarted up for the photo shoot. Chess has puke on his shirt, but otherwise looks fine. Gemma's eyes are wonky, but it'll have to do. She fixes her boobs, and off they go, just as the babies start crying again. Yes. 
In a fancy house in the country, Ches and Jim are getting made up to look rich and elegant, and Ches is concerned about getting back to the kebab shop because he has to be there at lunchtime. Oh, we've got know where this is going. They get taken through to the green room, which is actually a bedroom. The cords are with uh, chaperones. Ches and Gemma make a beeline for the bed. This is the first time they've been alone <laughs> without the quads. But rather than getting their hole... They get their sleep. ...to have a wee snooze. Oh, is there anything better than a wee snooze? No. Snoozies are better than just going to your bed and having a sleep. Mm-hmm. Isn't, it, isn't it nice that we now have children old enough where we can just go off and have a snooze and they can make their own lunches or, you know, do their own thing and we don't have to supervise them 24-7? Snoozies. Mm-hmm. That's the best. Later, Chesney wakes up. Uh-oh, he's late for work. But uh-huh. Gemma is too keen on having another snooze to give a shit. Then Freshcoats have arranged a limo to take Ches and Gemma back home and they've thrown in a little goodie bag of little bits and pieces, which Gemma is amazed by. Yes. Back home, Chesney needs to get off to work and Rita is there to suddenly uh, lend a hand. Then in comes Dave. Pissed Chesney has been lying to him and working for the competition. He notices that Ches is wearing makeup and he saw the fresh call limo. This is how you repay my generosity. Gemma calls him a drama queen, but Dev can't go on like this. Where do your loyalties lie? Alhans or Freshcos? Then when Gemma tells Dev that Freshcos pays better, Dev fires Chesney. And this is dumb. <laughs> First of all, mm-hmm. we get some uncomfortable insinuations about men make wearing makeup and this is one of two kind of Doctor-y. maybe not great insinuations about gay people this week no it's, separate... no it's nothing yeah. to do with that like oh Nonsense. you're wearing yeah no 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 you're wearing makeup why are you wearing makeup men don't wear makeup does chesney normally wear makeup not the point it is exactly the point. If he doesn't normally wear makeup and suddenly he's wearing makeup, then it's perfectly fine for someone to say, also, you wear makeup. Also, this whole Freshco thing Not also, happened. because I'm not giving you the first one. So I'm not giving happened. you the also here. Weeshed. The other thing is, they signed this contract with Freshco's ages, ages ago. ago. Right, I'll give you that one. Ages ago. And something like them earning, what is it? Like 20 grand? 60 grand, I'll 60 have you know. 60 grand? That's not something that's going to not be talked about on the street. So Dev should have known about this a before now. And Dev's and probably also, paid a minimum wage. And as far as we were... 60 grand. As far as we were led to believe, Chess was no longer the manager after the whole... Right. ...robbing the place thing. Right. But it seems to be that he is. Right. And Dev works... I mean... Chez works in the kebab shop. Mm-hmm. He does not work in the corner shop. In the corner shop. So Dev is or so Chez is not working for Dev's comp- Dev and Dev's competition at the same time. Well, he is working for Dev's competition, he's but he's not for working Dev, in the but he's not working for the d- yeah, he's not working for the business that is in competition. And also, a small corner shop, I'm sorry. It's not competition for a large national chain. I don't think it's national. But it's a chain. It's national for the nation for the country of Coronation Street. Of England. <laughs> no. It's Freshco, so it's like Tesco, yeah? Isn't it? I think like it's the- more a Manchester thing than a, a 
British thing. Or I don't. Thing. I don't think so. Not if they're carting them off to some big country house out in the country and not in Manchester. To summarize, go fuck yourself, <laughs> Dave. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. On Friday. Also, go fuck yourself, Fresh Goes, because the whole idea. <laughs> Point your finger. <laughs> also, go fuck yourself, Fresh Goes, because. The only reason why Freshgoes found out about the quads in the first place and wanted to use them in their campaign is because the quads were all over the news, all over the place. Mm -hmm. People have read the news. Mm -hmm. They know who Chesney and Gemma are. They know where they live. Oh, right, yeah. So putting them in a posh country house and making it quote-unquote aspirational Especially when the pictures are of them just sitting with babies. You know, they're not showing the house. None of this makes sense and it's dumb. And I hate it. And I'm going to start hating it even more when we talk about what happens next. Well, hate it more succinctly. On Friday, Joseph is just out of the bath. And he's ready for school. No, they're outside. Maybe, He's not just maybe, out of the bath. Maybe if they he just a bath outside now? bathe the poor boy less than seven times a day, they'd have enough <laughs> money to pay for the, the quads. He's with his coat on. Yeah. Is he bathing in the Shit's never now? out of the bath. How dirty can he get? Anyway, Gemma reminds him to get the, to the job centre. Chesney, that's not Joseph. Right, and Joseph, Joseph wants, has to go to the bath later, Joseph so. wants some more Pokemon cards or something, and, <clears throat> and Chesney tells him that they can't afford more Pokemon cards. Dave is now working at the kebab shop with his little jacket that says Dave on the back of it. Kathy and Kev think it's awful, and Kev goes as far as to say that he's not buying kebabs from Dave no more because he sacked Chesney. Well done, Kev. The fresh school lady is around at Ches and Gemma showing off the photos from the other day. They've come out great, but it would seem that they have some actor in the shots playing the quad's mother. Awkward. Gemma is super pissed about this. Ches is okay until he realises that they have an alternate dad also. Yes, but in the pictures, you, you don't see the, see the faces of these people. You you just see their arms. body parts. Arms. Their arms and their and their chest. You don't see their kidneys or anything. It's just <laughs> arms. Well, you see the chest of the of the of the dad and stuff. Because it's they can't rich. show the face. Because, like you said, people already know who Gemma and Ches are. Are. Yeah, they watch and Coronation why Street. Why would the faces? Why well, because they've been all over the news, and why would the faces even matter? And none of this makes sense, and it's really dumb. Freshgoes already signed a contract with them, and there's already been one campaign. They cannot withhold money from Gemma and Chesney when they already have a contract. All of this is dumb. It makes no sense. I hate it. Either sign off on the picks or no cash. Ches is trying to look on the bright side. The kids might be on a billboard this weekend. And Gemma, though, thinks they're getting played. The photographer from the Gazette is in taking pictures of Aggie for another storyline when Bernie tips her off about another story. Local businessman sacks father of quads. That sounds like a headline that the Weatherfield Gazette would use. Right, well, and also meanwhile, the quads are already famous. Meanwhile, the kebab shop is low on supplies because Chesney dealt with all the supplies and everything. Dev agrees to ask Ches back, but Gemma advises Ches to tell Dev to go fuck himself. He reminds her of the necessities in life that they can't afford. Plus, right. Joseph needs six baths a day, and they ain't cheap. And his Pokemon cards. <laughs> Which are just going to get wet anyway. <laughs> he goes off to see Dev, the shake, and Ches agrees to come back. And they hug. Then Benny comes in with a reporter who's looking for comment on the story. And then Benny says that Ches can make a mint out of the tribunal here. Dev throws them all out, telling Ches that he's lost his job, 
again, again, again. Because Dev is a fuckwad. Dev is just, he is a drama queen. At home, Gemma doesn't know why Benny got involved in all this. Then Tara calls and Gemma tells them that they'll sign the stupid contract thing again. Later, Gemma says that she got 27 minutes sleep last night. Oh, pretty good, says Ches. Did we sell out? Asks Chesney. Yes, says Gemma. Okay. And that's as far as we get. Yeah, stupid. Don't like it. Uh, Go away. It's kind of funny, it I guess. It doesn't make any sense. I know it doesn't make sense, but it's fun. It's De- not fun it's because it doesn't make any sense. It's kind of fun. How is it fun when it doesn't make any sense? And It, it, it made me chuckle again, when I realised that Dave was going to fire, fire uh, Chesney for a again, second time in, in a in week and a third time overall. That was funny. Yeah, none of it made any sense. I would rather they be genuinely funny, which they can be, not, oh, we're going to throw these two under the bus again. Let's now talk about Daniel, shall we? Was Daniel even in it this week? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, that's oh, right. No, that's right. On Monday, he... just on Monday. Daniel and Bertie are visiting uh, Dr. Gadas for the wee boy's vaccinations and his bum. Best to get it over and done with quickly, says Gadas, while Daniel looks like he's going to vomit. Bertie is crying. His thigh. And Daniel is so upset that he goes out before Gadas can finish giving the vaccinations. Yeah, he only gives her one. And this reminds me of my ex-husband. Bethany goes round to see Daniel, who explains what a fucking wuss he was with Bertie's injections earlier on. She asks him uh, out to the park later, but he has enough on his plate, thank you. Then Peter comes round to check on Daniel and Bertie. It's been a stressful day, says Daniel. Peter tells him that he do- it doesn't get any easier. And Daniel is concerned about having to be a dad and a mum. What if he well, gets it wrong? Have to be. Peter tells him he will get it wrong, but it'll be fine. And then he has a dig at anti-vaxxers. And that's as far as we get with that. <laughs> that, was, that was funny. I liked the dig on anti-vaxxers. But <laughs> Peter be the one to say, it's fine. It'll work out. Look at Simon. Look at Simon. He's great. He's Nobody has a clue where he is anymore. But Nobody he's fine. knows where he is. He's been missing for he's months. He's been a juvenile delinquent. No, because we saw him. We saw him recently. Did we see like him, him like at Christmas or something? I can't remember. Where he was get, wasn't he at the, wasn't he at the funeral? What funeral? For Sinead? I don't think so. Maybe. I think he was at the funeral for Sinead. No, I can't remember. He is a member of the family. Anyway. Anyway. Aggie's heart of gold. Because nothing, there's nothing much to talk about Daniel stuff. No. On Wednesday, Leanne is in Roy's roles and complains to Aggie about Steve looking after the cat rather than his son. Because they got a cat. This seems to affect yeah, Aggie, so who wishes that she could have helped Robert more, and Michael reassures her that she did all she could, and James is there, and he seems to have an idea. Mm-hmm. Then the Wedding Gazette are at Roy's Rolls trying to talk to Aggie for a, a Golden Heart Award or something, and it turns out that she was nominated by James. Yes. At home, Aggie's talking to the journal about Robert. She explains that she's a nurse, but she isn't working on that at the moment. She took a break, but she's thinking about going back soon. The journal asks if that might encourage <laughs> her to go back, but Aggie remains a little bit unsure. And we're like... What on earth is going on with Aggie and her nursing? Hmm. Hmm. Later, James wonders if Aggie wants to visit Shona. And Aggie is initially reluctant, but then agrees, although she doesn't look all that happy about it. Uh That's as far as we get on Wednesday. But on Friday, Roy's getting prepared for his brother's funeral tomorrow. Was he popular, asks Aggie. We're about to find out, says Roy. (laughs) Aggie tells him about the award in the Gazette. 
uh, and they're going to be visiting soon. It seems she's thinking about going back to nursing after all. It's a long story, she says to him. I'll fill you in later. Fucking great. Thanks, Roy. <laughs> later, Aggie tells a story about a patient who died from an allergic reaction to medication. Was that what it was? I, I guess so. We, we, we get like... Half we the, enter, the tail end of the story. We enter halfway into the conversation. Right. This is so frustrating that this keeps happening where we get... In, you know, we come into a scene halfway through the conversation or the converse, or we miss half of the conversation because it breaks away. This keeps happening and I, it's really angering me. I think it's fine when what you're missing is just someone telling another character what everyone else already knows. But nobody knows this bit. This is stuff that we haven't well, heard this before, has happened, right? This has happened three times now. This week. We have... The breakaway after Shona's tube gets taken out, and we don't know whether or not she's breathing or not until David comes out and tells everybody. So we don't get to see her take her first breath. That's fine. It would have been nice. I would have liked. No, that's fine. A lot of attention there. We break away from Hope before we find out. That was annoying. What story she's going to tell? And now we come in halfway through Aggie explaining why she's not a nurse anymore, and it doesn't seem like she's working in the pharmacy anymore either, which is weird. Has she ever? Have that we... pharmacy had to have been paying more than Roy. <laughs> so anyway, this has all caused Aggie to resign. Aggie goes round to David to ask after Shona, and when David finds out that Aggie used to be a trained nurse, he asks if she thinks he he's wasting his time. And the talk, whatever it is, because we don't get to see it. Yeah, again, once again, seems to think away. that Aggie should go back into nursing after all. Yes, because apparently, whatever she said to David, it helped. So it looks like Aggie's going back to nursing. Yay! That'll sure. be more Whatever. scenes in the hospital with Moira and... Does Liz still work in the hospital? That's not a hospital. That's the medical centre. The medical centre isn't attached to the hospital? No. Are they in two different sides of the street? No. The hospital's in a totally different part of town. Then how did... how did? It's a doctor's office, basically. Then how did Jade and Hope get to the, get to the hospital? They didn't. They went time. to the medical centre. I thought that with the whole arm thing that that was the actual hospital because mm. we didn't see Dr. Gadas with the fracture. We oh, saw that might be the hospital, I can't remember. But anyway. Before. I'm confused. I present to you Tim's fucking dad. Oh, no. I Please. <laughs> please, take it away. On Friday. Take it away. Yasmin I don't and Tim's, want it anymore. And Tim's fucking dad are in Roy's roles. He starts complaining about the state of her cardigan. Because he's a whip. She wants, she says, she makes a simple observation. She's like, oh, look, they're having a carpet sale. We could use a new carpet in the guest room. And he's got to turn even that against her. Right. Even that he's got to turn against her by saying, no, we don't. You're 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 easily misled by these sales. Because they always have a sale, on, which is true. They always have a sale. So you're easily misled with sales. It's like Art Van. Art Van's got a sale on. You don't need, you know, what what really needs change. We don't need a new rug in there. What really needs changing is your cardigan, which sucks and makes you look ugly. Right. <laughs> which, you know, and we're going to fix this by going out shopping, not at sales. We're going to spend lots of money on clothes for you for some reason. Well, you ask me thinks this is wonderful. Yeah, I'm but back, they need a rug. Back from town. She's bought the entire city of new clothes, and then she sees Kathy who coos that she has new clothes. Uh, and she's, says, them in fancy lo- she's got them in fancy shopping bags that have handles, and she's not going to throw them out. She reminds me of your mother. She's been and s- me. spoiled rotten. And she arranges with Kathy to meet up in the Rovers later, and Tim's fucking dad looks a little bit miffed at this. 
Yes, because he doesn't want to share her. At home, Yasmin is doing a fashion show for Tim's fucking dad. He's a fucking asshole. He's li- already seen these fucking clothes. <laughs> he likes. He very likes. She reminds him about the pub, but he'd rather stay home. And she's agreeable to this. And then Tim's dad Even asks... Even though she's gotten dressed up now in this skirt, which is ridiculous for a woman her age. Well, actually, it's not. She looks nice. She looks much better in it than other people in the street would with a leatherette skirt. So... So she's agreeable to this. And then Tim's dad asks if the reason that she wants to go at the pub is so that she can flirt with Brian. Which is... And he wanders off and Yasmin's like, what? What the fuck? Where does that come from? And also he makes a dig of, at, at people who drink during the day. Yeah. Because he's never drunk during the day. Because he can't wait until later. He's Kathy and so Brian are in the pub waiting sucks. for Yasmin and Tim's fucking dad when Kathy gets a call from Yasmin cancelling. Kathy tells Brian that... All Yasmin seems to do these days is cancel plans and clean the house. And Kathy promises to have a word with her tomorrow. And at this point, I'm like, yes. Yes, but she thinks she's got OCD because because she's always cleaning the house and I don't she's got care. calluses on her hand. I don't care. Kathy has noticed finally, or someone has noticed finally, that something is going wrong. on here. Yes. And Kathy is not going to let this go. Kathy is going to kill Tim's dad. Wouldn't or she's going great? to get Gary to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this is, yeah. This is it's, a, this it's is the beginning of the end, I think. Finally noticed, besides Alia. Because Alia's noticed some stuff, too. Right. But nobody wants to listen to Alia. Why does nobody want to listen to Alia? Alia hasn't really made that much of a, a deal about it. She's kind of caught up in her own... No, she makes a deal about it with her grandmother and with Ryan. But she never says to, say, her grandmother's friend saying... By the way... What on earth is going on with uh, Bernie and her catfishing of uh, Kel? Well, Bernie is just... Is that still going on? Bernie just finally got back on the street. Maybe she was doing the whole catfishing off screen and that's where she's been. Because remember, for some reason she went away. They Ma- said she was away visiting with mates or something. I needed to see a, a shot of uh, Bernie sitting <laughs> in a cafe reading how a dummy's guide to pretending to be a 14-year-old boy. Right. I just need something. Or her, you know, dressed up with a backwards baseball cap with a with the a Steve skateboard, a Steve Buscemi saying, "Greetings, fellow kids." <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, Steve that Buscemi. needs to be a thing. Anyway, can we? What what's that Twitter uh, handle that's constantly tagging us and stuff where they morph? Oh, the celeb, people, the celeb, celeb jacker, jacker or something. Celeb Jacker, if you're listening, this is what needs to happen. You need to splice Bernie's head onto Steve Buscemi's body. And then put Kathy's head onto, I'm going to say, Bruce Willis. Just because. <laughs> just because. Why not? <laughs> Kathy Willis. I'm sure, that's, I'm sure that's a person. I'm sure that's a thing. So that was our penultimate storyline. So now we're on to our ultimate storyline. What, what? Which is... <gasps> Ah, oh, you're going to hate me again. <laughs> it's Lesby having you. Yay. So on Monday, Amy goes into the lawyer's office and tries to strong arm Paula. She's not a lesbian. Amy wants to have paid internship because Paula fucked her mum. Paula laughs and tells Amy, you can carry on with your unpaid work, but she promises to give more interest in stuff than filing. And then later, Mary is on one of her nice monologues. Try, kid. This one is about flowers with a dash of lesbianism. Tracy's heard enough and tells Mary to sling her hook. Then in comes Amy to complain that Paula isn't paying her for her internship. It's interesting 
that Mary doesn't mention orchids. Sure. If Paula isn't paying, well, Tracy will need... Georgia O'Keeffe paintings of orchids and that's supposed to be... Okay. If Paula isn't paying, Tracy will need to. 174 quid a week she wants, otherwise Amy will grass Tracy off to Steve. Amy's not entirely adverse to blackmailing her parents here, is she? We oh. already knew this. She's Tracy's kid. Right. Then on Wednesday, Leanne's round the cab office wanting Steve to take Oliver for a birthday party at short notice, but he's too busy. He's got Tracy's cat to look after and get it chipped. <sighs> this doesn't go down well with Leanne. Yeah, you tell your son that uh, he's not as important as a chipped cat. <clears throat> then Leanne's not wrong, although I didn't know that Oliver was old enough to go to birthday parties. Or have a best friend. This is setting up that thing that Ben Price fan club has been spoiler alerting all week long, I think. This whole Steve doesn't care about Oliver, or Steve puts Tracy before Oliver. Does it? And Leanne being involved in the whole. Yeah, I think that I think this is setting that up. I don't know what that is. No. I'm okay. gonna cut that out. No. I'm yes. not gonna say what it is either. Okay. But I, it, I think this is setting up a storyline further on. Oh really? Yes. This whole lesbian affair thing is no just a cat no okay steve's not I don't, caring I don't, about I don't, I don't want to know leanne i just said that leanne is chatting with paul about what dickhead steve is being about this fucking cat all because tracy is an arsehole paula tries to stick up for tracy a bit and then tracy comes in speak of the devil says leanne on the way out and tracy is put off by the two of them talking together about her Back at the law office, Tracy comes in as Leanne is leaving and Paula is still working there for some reason. Mm-hmm. Tracy is concerned that Paula has told Leanne. Leanne is lingering outside the office and overhears that the two of them slept together and her eyes practically pop, <laughs> pop out of her head. Boy. She laughs and this is overheard by Paula and Tracy. Oopsie, that was fantastic. That was so great. I, I love that. Because <laughs> the look on the Ed's face was just priceless. Jane Danson, I don't know if that was just off the cuff or if that was practised or rehearsed or if that was take one or take 99. It was brilliant. It was fucking brilliant. It was great. (laughs) Leanne enjoys taking the piss out of Tracy just as Amy comes in and discovers that, oh well, now Leanne knows. Amy calls Tracy a total embarrassment, then Tracy accuses Paula of ruining everything. It's not, Paul. It, It takes two to tango, Tracy. In the community garden, Leanne does a good job of telling Amy that Steve and Tracy belong together. It's true. But Amy doesn't see a future for them. When this comes out, they're going to be toast. But well. And Leanne goes round to Tracy's to tell her that she's worried about them. Uh, she wants to help. Tracy doesn't want her help or her advice. Leanne tells her that she deserves everything that she's got coming. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I was so frustrated with Tracy at that point because here, here Leanne is offering an olive branch, something you need right now right. because you need Leanne to keep her mouth shut. Tracy can't accept it. Oh, she just can't help herself. Well, is it any wonder? Leanne continually sleeps with Steve. She slept with him twice. That's not continually. It is a pattern. It's two times. <laughs> And she's not going to sleep with him anymore because now she's with Nick. And let's be honest, who would you rather sleep with, Steve or Nick? Who would I rather sleep with? Yes. Hmm. Nick. Well, I think I'd rather do Steve. You'd rather you'd rather look up in that Muppet face? If it, trust... it would be distracting. <laughs> it would make me smile. It would... Nick is more attractive, he's more fit, 
And he's got those ears, which make great handles. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. He's more fit. I think Steve would be a gentle lover. He's more fit. On Friday. <clears throat> and you don't need to worry about magic spooge with Nick. Because Nick has no children. Well, let's face it. I don't need to worry about magic spooge. <laughs> Who knows? At it? all. Who knows? It's magic. <laughs> Steve it's gets magic. me knocked up. It could happen. It's magic. I suddenly feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger on the cover of a VHS here. (laughs) On Friday. (laughs) What? That was a very good Arnie impersonation. That's better than my last one. Of of one syllable. (laughs) It wasn't even a complete word. (laughs) (laughs) On, On Friday. Tracy's doing yoga when Steve gets up. He's immediately suspicious because she's doing yoga. Then they get into a row about him supposedly approving of her doing yoga and trying to get fit and stuff. All that said, they're going to spend the day together, though, apparently. Ooh. At the law office, a very enthusiastic Leanne is quizzing Paula about getting her role off of Tracy. What was, what was it like? Leanne's overly fascinated by all of this. That's right. That bothers me a she little She needs to get bit. herself some. No. Everybody all of a sudden is bi-curious. Mm-hmm. And yet there's bi-erasure because everybody just jumps to the conclusion that Tracy's a lesbian right. instead of saying bisexual. I didn't like that. Bi-erasure is not a good thing. At that, Tracy comes in looking to have a word with Leanne. Paula makes her excuses and leaves. Tracy has come to apologise to help Leanne keep her mouth shut. And Leanne has a dig about Steve's prowess, but David still David. Where the fuck did David come from? But Tracy. All right, so now we know you'd prefer David over Nick and Steve. I don't think that's a surprise, is it? But Tracy still loves him. She hopes this. She hopes this doesn't have to come out. But not like that. (laughs) Right. Steve has had the grand idea of taking Tracy out for lunch, but now he thinks about it after speaking with Tim, he might have a better idea. <laughs> Back at the law office, uh, Paula has been invited over to Sally's hot tub. She invites Leanne along and warns her that she's not her type because Leanne's still this kind of bi-curious thing. Right, yeah. Leanne seems put out by this, but is agreeable to the hot tub idea. Yeah. And the what, flat- what could possibly go wrong here? Oh, maybe the next thing that happens. In the flat, Steve invites Tracy around to Sally's hot tub, telling her it'll just be the two of them. Sweet, says Tracy. Some romance at last. Uh. And Sally, Leanne and Paula, who seems to be wearing her work blouse in the hot tub. <laughs> Did you notice that? She's wearing a shirt. She's fully dressed in <laughs> the just, hot tub. She's wearing a shirt. Oh, you know, sometimes you wear a t-shirt, you know, when you go swimming if you're not comfortable with, with your body. But Paula seems really comfortable she, with her body. And others. And that's not a t-shirt. So it's not a blouse. So they're already in the hot tub when Steve and Tracy show up. Tracy says they'll come back later. Fuck that, says Steve. And he goes to jump in. Get my flip-flops, he says. (laughs) Leanne asks about everyone's new year and then starts winding Tracy up about hers. A change is as good as the rest, says Leanne. Paul and Tracy are inside later and Leanne has done Paula's tits and she's off. Uh, Tracy maintains that Paula prayed on her. She's a married woman, and Paula says it was the marriage that got the two of them in bed together in the first place. And uh-huh. this is overhead by, overheard by Sally. Yep. Say it ain't so, says Sally. Tracy Barlow. Of all the women. And Steve and Leanne are alone in the hot tub now. He knows this is something. The thing that cracks me up is that everybody is can't believe 
Tracy that, Barlow. That Paula slept with Tracy, Tracy of Barlow. all people. He knows something's going on. Yes. Sally comes back and she's acting shiftily too. He knows something happened on New Year's Eve, but he wants to know what it is. Leanne's heart surgery scar has healed up pretty well, I thought. Can you not see it? No. Steve discovers that Tracy has slept with someone else, but Leanne and Sally keep their mouths shut. Then Paul is at Tracy's trying to make amends. Steve announces his arrival, which he never does. Right. But he does it today. Well, no, because he's mad. And this is why he stumped back to the house in a robe through the street, (laughs) bumping into Dev, who has a hissy fit and thinks (laughs) that he's mad at him for (laughs) sacking Chesney Chesney as well. Not noticing he's in a bathrobe with flip-flops on in the street. Tracy throws Paula into the bathroom. Steve asks Tracy outright if she had a one-night stand on New Year's Eve, and Tracy rather shockingly just admits it. Yeah. Who was it, asked Steve. She says it was mis- a mistake, and nobody, and then Steve hears noise coming from the bathroom. And then he accuses it of, she says, he, he thinks it's Tim. <laughs> and then he thinks it's Kev. <laughs> what? Tracy warns him that this is going to be confusing. <laughs> that was funny, this is going to confuse you. He batters on the bathroom door. Come out and face me like a man, he says. Then Paula opens the door and Steve's like, okay, out my way. And right, goes thinking to that there's somebody right. else in there. This but, cracked me up. But, I found this hilarious. Oh my God, Steve can't believe it. It starts with yoga and it ends like this. <laughs> but Tracy's Googled it. This happens to straight women all the time. It doesn't even count. Steve shouts that he feels stupid. Or she could be a bisexual and it doesn't count. And Tracy says Paula flattered her. If anything, Steve should be grovelling to her. This takes the biscuit, says Steve. Tracy points out that he shagged Leanne, so maybe shut up about it. Yeah, but Steve is still crushed. He tells her that she's the cheater this time. You think about that. Yeah, but so now you should be even. (laughs) Then Steve's in the pub with Tim and Kev. Remember we thought that Steve would be okay with this? He's so not okay with this. No. Steve's in the pub with Tim and Kev. He finds out that they all know and they come to offer some support for him. Steve's first clue was yoga. (laughs) Tim thinks thinks it's better than a bloke and this doesn't mean that Tracy is gay. Right. Steve refuses to laugh it off. Then Paula comes in with Leanne and she apologises all over again. Right, because Kev explains that Sophie explained that this is, um, what is it, tourism or something? Tourism they call it, yeah. Steve says if Paula had an Adam's apple, she'd be on the floor. <laughs> then comes Emma saying, Dad, what's going on? So back at Emma's, she walks Steve through it. Emma doesn't think it's good that Tracy went behind his back. Steve doesn't think he deserved any of this. He feels inadequate, especially now that the whole street knows. So that's what he's really worried about, people knowing. Right, yeah, like my wife, I, I, w- I was so bad in bed that my wife went to a woman. Mm-hmm. Despite this, he still loves her. He's loved others more, but Tracy is the one he's supposed to be with. He doesn't want to lose her. And Emma tells him to tell Tracy that. This is interesting. Who do you think he loved more than Tracy? I think he probably loved Michelle more. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Because he's stupid. (laughs) I think he probably loved Carmen more as well. In fact, I think he probably loved all of them more than he loves Tracy. But he still loves Tracy, though. Right, yeah. I... But, but he thinks she's the one. Yeah, she's the one I'm meant to be with. That's an interesting conversation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Isn't weird? I've never loved anyone as much as I love you, by the way. Oh, ditto. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a difficult thing for him to admit. I think. Yeah. Isn't it? And it's kind of shocking that he admits this to Emma. And I think Emma's a little shocked that he admits this as well. 
She's right. like, oh, please don't tell Tracy this. Right. I th- those are, I don't know, I think that would probably keep you awake at night thinking stuff like that that you're, you've kind of settled when... Right, that you're with the one you're meant to be with because she's the mother of your uh-huh. oldest child. Uh-huh. But yeah. Well, not even your oldest child. No. And then he finds out about Emma. But yet... What if Emma's mom came back more. to the street? Do you know what I think you probably loved her more? No, no, I don't think no. so. Maybe. Anyway. No, well, he might have, but then didn't because she slept with his dad. And there's no going back that's, from that. That certainly is a, a tick in the, in the con no box. No going back it? from that. The only thing worse is if she had slept with Liz. <laughs> Yikes. I'm sure Liz has jumped over the fence a couple of times too. (laughs) At home, Tracy explains again how she felt unloved and again Steve feels like he's been blamed for her infidelity. What are we going to do, she asks. Fuck knows, he says. And that's how we end this week's episodes. I think they will come back from this. Of course they will. I think... I think... I think a lot of this is setting up for something else. Right. Which I think might bring them back together. I don't think they can have a couple who were married and divorced in quick order some years ago and get, get married, married again. again and then divorced in quick order again. Right, yeah. Even for Steve, that's just They are one too of much. the most... They're pretty... St- even with this, they're a pretty stable couple. I think they're quite solid because they don't get on, <laughs> isn't it? Well, Despite the fact that they don't get they on, do they're get very on. protective of each other. Yeah, and they do get on. They 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 complete one another in a way. Right. You know, they they fit. Mm-hmm. You know, it may not be perfect, but they fit. It, it's still a very interesting conversation, though, that that Steve has with with Emma about I've I've loved other women more. Uh, again, I still think it's interesting that the whole thing that he seems to have the biggest problem with is the fact that people know about it. Yeah, it's like Sally. You know, Sally's biggest problem with Tim being married to someone else first is that it reflects badly on her. Mm-hmm. That she's a laughing stock. And that's why she doesn't want anybody to find out about it. And she's still pissed by that we found out this week. Yeah. Tim starts the week thinking... Well, maybe he's got over this because it's been a couple of days since they've argued about it. But no. uh, we found out tonight no, that Sally that's not is quite still the mad. Case. Yep, she's still kind of scorned by this. And in fact, she says that that is worse than Trace what Tim did to her before they were even married. Uh-huh. Unknowingly, it's worse than Tracy sleeping with Paula. Is it? No. No, of course it isn't. Oh dear. And, and again, it's 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 interesting that. It, the fa- the thing that bothers Steve about other people knowing is that it makes him look inadequate. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of bizarre too, isn't it? Well, the number of times he's been married, the number of folk that he's got his hole off of, I think he's kind of proved that and the amount he kind of knows his way about. has some idea of what he's doing. Yeah. Some idea. So, it's weird. Men are weird. Oh, we are. You are. Oh, something else I was going to say about that. What was it? I thought it was interesting and good that that Leanne does say to Paula, 
you know, because they have this conversation and Paul is like, look, this is becoming tiresome. I thought it was good that Leanne said, hey, right or wrong, you slept with a married woman. Mm -hmm. So you can get off your high horse as well. Yeah, and Paula seems to accept that. Finally, because she's is, been acting for the past couple of weeks like a shit doesn't stink. And, uh, and it, it really does. Yeah. Although Tracy is a little ridiculous in her in her saying that Paula took advantage of her because I don't think that's the case either. Well, that's just to make her feel better. And right. Nobody pass the blame. And right. Not... Oh, well. Oh, well. Still can't remember what I was going to say about this. That was going to be very insightful. <laughs> oh, well. Imagine, insert something insightful here. Yes. Your moment of the week. It's Leanne's eyes popping in her head, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> it's got to be. Yeah. That gave me such joy. It made it made me laugh so much. I was laughing so much. And you, again, you, it's you one sent of me those, a text about it. Oh my God, those, Leanne's face. Right. Because <laughs> it's one of those scenes that's, you know, just slapsticky enough that it could also fit into a sitcom. Yep. But it works in this situation because of all of the people to find out about it on the street. This bothers me. It would have to be Leanne, you know, like, because of the Tracy Leanne mm -hmm. rivalry, you know. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Oh. The thing that I like about Steve and Tracy being together is it stops them being with other people and having failing relationships there. Okay, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. That's kind Although, of insightful, Steve I guess. Steve can't go back to Leanne because Leanne's with Nick now. And as I've oh, that's not going to happen. Right. As I've established, Nick is much more fit. So that's our... Moment, moment of the, of the week. week. Our moment of the week. You're boring of the moment of the week. I haven't said that for a while. Daniel. <laughs> Wait, Daniel was the boring moment of the week last week, wasn't he? Uh, it's been a few times, I think. <laughs> and, I mean... Um... Oh, there was... I kind of feel like maybe it has to be Daniel because when you said, you know, our next storyline is Daniel and I was like, Daniel was on the show this week? Right. But. Daniel getting vaccinations. Well, see, that was kind of interesting. Daniel's conversation with Bethany. Daniel's conversation with Peter was pretty boring. Oh, Bethany was was more boring because that didn't look right. anywhere. And it was basically the same conversation they keep <clears throat> having over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. All right, Daniel's conversation with Bethany is our boring moment of the week. Boring moment of the week. Oh, I thought for a moment you were expecting me to go boring moment of the week. You can't do it. <laughs> well, how you can do moment of the week? <laughs> I have a much more talented voice than you. <laughs> sure. Shall we wrap this up then? Uh, yes, because Snowmageddon... Snowmageddon, I've got to edit this and get this posted before the power goes out. So, if, like Aggie, you've tried to do something, failed to do something, and then be nominated for an award anyway, let's chat about that. You can get <laughs> us on email at thetalkofthestreet at gmail.com, which is also how you can leave us a voicemail on Skype, or drop a couple of nuggets in our virtual tip jar on PayPal. We are at Cory Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and we'd very much appreciate a rating and a review on the podcast provider of your choice. Please. This week, uh, we lost a rating. <gasps> what? <laughs> we How went, did that happen? We went from, I don't know, 
so many ratings to so many ratings minus one, but the one that left was the one star review that we got, so they were five stars. Oh, or at so least we are in the US kind of anyway. Like roll over or something? Mm-hmm. UK is a different picture. I can't see the, the UK ratings, but the US ones I can see. If you <clears> and also Also on Twitter this week, if you like the idea of us setting up a Patreon <laughs> Let us know which classic Corey episodes you'd want us to review. We're not going to do that. We are going to do that. It's Anyway, thanks for making it to the end of another episode. We, we will, will be, be back, back next, next week. week. For more. You, t- you want to do this? Talk of the street. Cheerio. <laughs>